You know what? I should have started with my mic unmuted. Salut tout le monde. Hi everybody. I am Marc Dumont. I am here to talk to you about that amazing, that fun game from the Habs. Hey, it got a little, little sketchy at the end there, but hey, what can you do? This is a young team. They won't always be dominant. But what I, what I really like tonight was the play from the top line. We're going to get into all of that because I think we're almost ready to say the top line is a legitimate top line. Um, we don't want to get too, too rowdy about them because we don't want Leafs fans to hear that Yuri Slavkovsky is playing well. But hey, that's a whole other subject. Salut to tout le monde dans le chat. Hey, everybody. Hi, Trinka. Hi, hi Claire. How's it going? Hey, Dash. Salut. Josh the Nerds here. Trinka as well. I believe Trizak was asking, <clears throat> will Mac be treating us to his morning voice? No, my voice is a little better. Um, turns out I caught COVID uh, over the holidays. So I got really, really, really sick yesterday. So that last game, I thought it was um, my throat. It was all rough because I was having a bit of a rowdy party in the forest after visiting with my godson, but um, it's because kids are gross, and uh, they touch everything, and I spent a lot of time with my awesome godson, and unfortunately, I uh, caught it from him. Feeling a lot better, don't worry about me, voice is still a little bit raspy. All right, um, there's a lot of positives to, to discuss tonight, there's some less positive things, but before we get into it, first of all, if you could like the chat, that'd be great, subscribe. But that's not what I want to get into. I want to talk about the PWHL game that happened in Ottawa today. Um, it, it, first of all, it's just fantastic to see these elite athletes get their, their time to shine. We were robbed of so much quality hockey while after the CWHL went down. Um, the P, PHF was still there as well, but it was never really that, you know, the, the best of the best. Tonight, we saw a fantastic game between Ottawa and Montreal. And Sophie Bette scoring the overtime goal, which is, which is just perfect because Anne-Sophie Bette might be one of the most underrated players in, uh, in women's hockey. You know, she was always someone that was thought to be a passenger on Marie-Philippe Poulain's line. But the years where Poulain didn't play, Bette led the team or the league in scoring the CWHL. So it's just great to see her get that opportunity. Over 8,000 fans in Ottawa. 8,000, that's huge. That's the most... Uh, attendance for a professional women's hockey game it's going to get beat over the season um you're going to see just great games with stacked rosters so anyone that hasn't had a chance make sure to check out the pwhl games uh the game tonight was in ottawa they're coming back to verdun i believe mid mid month i'd have to check tickets are going fast i believe we're, we're just a handful left so my strong suggestion get on it go see those fantastic athletes play hockey um and and one of the great parts too is that you're, they're streaming on youtube so if you're not if you can't go to the games you can watch them i think ottawa might be my favorite team am i allowed to say that on a game over montreal chat i love mashmeyer love jenner that's just a great combination but uh as per usual i believe most people in montreal will be cheering for a certain marie philippe poulain who by the way had a penalty shot today but her team canada um teammate there uh, emily mashmeyer uh, made a great save all right so Oh, Jean, I'm seeing in the chat, you as well have COVID. Hey, the crazy part is, I, I I didn't even think to test until yesterday. I got really, really sick. I was just exhausted. I thought it was because I was tired, but um, it's really not bad. I have to admit, like, I'm not feeling horrible, uh, headache, just a little tired. That's all. All right, so... Yeah, Kay is mentioning I'm not allowed to cheer against against the, the Fabs, as we used to call them, or Le Canadien, or the Stars. I just, I, I really want to see Ottawa have a good hockey team, and I don't think the Senators are going to do it anytime soon. So, you know, I still have a soft spot for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, Emrin Smashmeyer. Jeez, did I just call her Emily Smashmeyer? Sorry, again, very tired. So, let's go back to the game tonight. I want to get everyone's opinion in the chat. 
of how great everyone's opinion. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you what to think, but I'd like to get your impressions on that top line because I am seeing a line now that's controlling 70% of the shots every game, 70% of the expected goals. You're seeing all three players play different important roles. Slavkovsky was fantastic tonight on the forecheck, particularly. He could have had two more two more assists on that Jordan Harris goal. Slavkovsky did all the work, and before the Cole Caulfield uh, happy birthday goal. Um, Slavkovsky kept the puck alive. So we're just seeing that top line emerge in front of our eyes, and it's really fun to see. Um, tonight, I believe the Stars controlled 80% of the shots, roughly. They had way more high-danger high chances, and the Slavkovsky-Suzuki-Caulfield uh, line still had a dominant performance. So my question to everyone, and I don't want to get too excited here because we're, we're talking about what? Maybe like it's a drop of, of water in the bucket for their careers, but do you think... We're able to say Montreal has a legitimate top line. Because I, I I know the goals haven't been as quick to come as some expected. Now they're scoring. Uh, all three players are playing extremely well. I'll say Nick Suzuki, I think, doesn't get the, the, the praise he deserves. Honestly, this is a guy who constantly drives the play, constantly keeps the play alive. I mean, on that uh, Caulfield goal, no one blinked at his no-look back pass to Monaghan. That, like, that's elite stuff. So Nick Suzuki is a guy that, even though he gets his name on the score sheet, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. He's one of those guys who does so much great work in the neutral zone um, to just drive the play, keep the play alive. And, uh, you know, we're really seeing him, in my opinion, emerge as a top-line center this year. All right. Um, oh, am I, a little, uh, am I a little low? I could be low. I'm looking at K. K is my producer. My, my, my voice was hoarse, so I wanted to keep a little low there just in case. But if I'm too low, just let me know. I'll, uh, I'll bring up my volume a little bit here. Give me one second. There you go. All right. One, two, one, two, test, test. Are we better? Are we looking, are we sounding good? I don't know if I'm looking good like this, but I'll, I'll be sounding good. All right, so um, to get back to it, I, I, I know there's a whole side, Team Tank, that will want to not see games like this, but it's really important for, for, especially Suzuki, to get back on him. He's a guy who hates losing, and, and I understand it's so easy to say Tank, Tank, Tank. You see Macklin Celebrini, and you're like, geez, wouldn't he look great? You know, I mean, you see him play with Lane Hudson for Boston, and you're like, damn, that would be an elite player, absolutely what the Habs need. But um, these type of wins, despite getting them further from Celebrini, are important. It's important not only for the team morale, going through a rebuild's rough, very, very rough. But it's also important for guys like Nick Suzuki, who just abhor hating. And Martin Saint-Louis hates hating, too. This is a guy who has not, not lost, or sorry, hates losing, too. This is a guy who has not lost a lot in his career. So, um Seeing a guy like Safkowski succeed as well, very encouraging. Caulfield off to Schneid officially in scoring. There's a lot of value in winning these type of games, even amidst the rebuild. And I get it. I get it. It's every every law, every wins of a game further from Celebrini, but I just don't think that uh, you know it's realistic to, to expect them to keep to keep them down the whole season, especially especially when you have this type of top line, you know. This is the type of thing you really jump on. You ride that horse all the way to town. It wasn't a fantastic game from the rest of the, the, the forward lines. And I think that's one of the issues the Habs are going to have to overcome now. Now that we, we have a good line in place, I will say um, the rest of the lineup's kind of struggling a little bit. We saw Josh Anderson leave the game tonight, uh, which is unfortunate because he's been scoring. He's scored the most goals, five-on-five five goals for the Habs in December. So... Yeah, he had a rough start to this season, but he was starting to become a, a pretty pretty uh, potent weapon there recently. So it really looked bad for Josh Anderson. I haven't had a chance to check if anyone can uh, take a look 
on Twitter to see what the Habs said. I, I mean, you can't if you can't put pressure on your leg as you're walking down the tunnel, usually a pretty bad sign. All right, so we're not getting Celebrini, Claire says. Yeah, I, I know. Well, hey, you never know for sure, but it, it would be fantastic to add another top top player, and I think they will, right? Here's the other part. I hate to be to be the, the, the negative person after a win, but the Habs have a bottom 10 XGF. Like, they control, and tonight's going to make it worse, obviously. They control about 46% of the expected goals. Uh, a little higher in shots, a little lower in high danger chances. So the schedule is going to get a little rougher. So they will end up probably losing a bit more down the stretch. But for now, um, it's fun. You know, you just enjoy these moments. Because again, after a long road trip too, this was a seven-game road trip over the holidays. You, you want to end those on a, on a good note. They're going to obviously play Buffalo on Thursday. And I'm hoping to see a team that comes out with a little more confidence. You know, tonight, Mike Matheson, bit of a screw up there. But it, it's a recurring theme where they always get scored on first. So if they can get ahead of the eight ball instead of behind it right off the bat, I think the Habs will be in a much better situation against the Sabres. All right, let's see what the chat is saying for here. Um Mac might be a bit soft. Yeah, I am. I'm, I mean, I am a little bit soft there. No, honestly, I am very tired. I'm sorry about all the mistakes I'm making, but uh, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to make fewer mistakes. As Gary Bissau mentioned, Slaff was a beast tonight. We're seeing this guy, and, and I always laugh when the big guys realize, like, oh, my God, I'm stronger and bigger than everyone. But Slavkovsky on the forecheck particularly, fantastic. That, that goal to pressure, or the play to pressure, Essa Lindell. That's what you wanted to see from this guy. And it's different from him because Slavkowski was never the physical player. Never. He, he wasn't a guy that was... Get, he got into maybe like one fight uh, while playing in Finland, but it wasn't a real fight. So I'm not saying I want him to be a goon, but I, but we're seeing him evolve into a part of his game he didn't necessarily have in the first place, right? So um, or, or maybe he's fine-tuning it. Either way, using his frame. And you have that perfect combination now of a guy driving driving really hard as the F1, creating turnovers. Then you have Nick Suzuki, who's acting as the catalyst for every play, right? But he's the fantastic playmaker. And you got Cole Caulfield to score. Like, this is this is one of those lines where you kind of dry, draw it up in your mind. You're like, man, this really makes sense on paper. Now it makes sense um, on the ice as well. And I will give credit to Martin Saint-Louis for sticking to it. I think um, the first seven games or so, they had no five-on-five goals. And that's tough. Martin Saint-Louis wants to win. You know, he, he also has a job in the works, right? He wants to be that next coach to bring the Habs to the next level. And that's not always a guarantee when you're coaching the rebuild. So, um, yeah, all in all, I think it's just a fantastic, fantastic story for the Habs, that top line. And um, it's the high danger chances as well. They're really generating a ton of high danger chances. So, to me, all in all, fantastic. All right, yeah. So, oh, everyone's coming in with the COVID stories there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going. I think it was just the holidays again. But also, it probably didn't help that I spent like forty-eight hours out in the in the forest. I mean, I built a lot of big fires, but that probably didn't help um, to to push away all the viruses. So let's see here. We got volume is fine. Yeah, Melissa is here. Hey, Melissa, how's it going? You can hear me clearly. Thank you all. Um, Suzuki would get more credit if he was a francophone. Ugh. Maybe Trezak says, and I don't know if that's tongue in cheek. I'll say this, I feel like other than the, at first when he said he'd learn French, which we spoke about this last episode, it's so hard to learn French as an adult. It's really, really hard. On top of being, you know, a top line center and, and essentially the ambassador for Montreal Canadiens, the best player and the youngest captain in history. So 
that I, I actually kind of thought maybe that was a mistake to say he'd learn French, but he's going to get there little bit by little bit. And I actually have to give credit to all the French media for, for laying off it for a while. We all know the usual suspects that will really needle people because they haven't, you know, they don't speak perfect French, but now we're seeing people really understand the hockey is first. And yes, absolutely. La Française est tellement important. C'est tellement important. But we can't uh, put it before hockey, right? So we're actually seeing a little bit of patience from, from, from the French media side and the English media side. Listen, the Anglophones want to hear the captain speak French too in Montreal. It's, it's a point of pride, right? It's directly linked to the culture. So I don't think that has anything to do with it, the language. But I do think that it's because... Suzuki's sneaky, like he's sneaky good, and, and his plays don't always show up in the score sheet. He shows up on the score sheet a lot, but not necessarily his plays. Uh, hardcore real star, does Montembeau start the next game? I mean, first of all, what, what, like Jake Allen has had a pretty good year, I'll say, all things considered. He's a guy who, I, I know fans don't like him, but he's still top 20 in the league for goals saved above average, goals saved above expected. Um... I don't understand why they haven't traded him yet. From what I heard, it's that Hughes has set a price for his goalie, and he's going to stick to that price. And if he doesn't get it, he's not going to trade a goalie, but you're also at an expiring asset type of situation, right? So um, maybe by the deadline, they'll end up moving someone. Right now, I just don't understand why they haven't gone out and gotten a fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick. Who cares? Make it happen. You know, make it happen, Captain. Um, but... Shoes is the guy who's in charge of the Montreal Canadiens. I'm the guy commenting commentating on it on a YouTube channel. So I guess I'll have to give him a little bit, a little bit of leeway on that one. Um, yes, Trinka mentions, I love that Justin Baring gets asked questions in French then answers them in English. Yeah, that's, that's something that I've always found amazing because I do the same thing, right? Uh, at home, my parents, my father spoke French and my mom answered in English. So that's always been normal to me. And also I'm from Ottawa. So... See, the sauté to one language, I l'autre, the milieu du sentence is all really normal pour nous autres. So that's the thing. It, 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 I love it, and it's a little weird to others, but, um, you know, I did the same thing with my godson. His mom speaks to him in English. I speak to him in French. So it's, uh, it, it's a cool way to, to learn, I'll be honest. It, it is really cool, and I kind of take it for granted. All right, Frédéric Wallet, good call. Harris play tonight. Thank you. Because, I'm again, I'm a little under the weather. I do apologize for... Uh, for, 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 for not being feeling a little, bit, blah, a little bit better today. But I did notice that um, Jordan Harris has been excellent since he returned from that injury. And it's good for many reasons. Number one, though, we'll stop trading him. Everybody wants to trade Jordan Harris. Stop trading Jordan Harris. He's a really good defenseman. I understand that he didn't necessarily have the start that we all expected this year. But Jordan Harris is might be the smartest guy on the team, first of all. Um, he does have the ability to drive the play forward, and his underlying numbers last year were fantastic, just absolutely fantastic. So, you know, I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater too, too quick when it comes to Harris and trading the defenseman. Um, you do want guys of his ilk that kind of plays both ends fairly well to, uh, to, to move forward. And, and I don't think that he's the kind of guy that can ask much on, a, on an extension. So I would keep him around. I know everyone's quick to trade. You know, Struble was in the NHL for three minutes and everyone traded Jack Eye. But this is a month after and nobody wanted to trade Jack Eye for Alexis Lafreniere, you know? So like things move quick. Let's not trade anyone yet. I will get to the goalies. I'll trade the, oh, I already talked about trading them, but I'll trade some soon. But defensemen, I wish that everyone would just kind of leave it alone for now. The the having too many good defensemen is, is a good thing, right? So injuries come, as we saw tonight with Josh Anderson. Uh, expect a call-up. But uh, yeah, health can change in, in a hurry and so can performance. So I wouldn't move Justin Harris 
anytime soon. Yes, there you go. K's in the chat saying, stop trading Jordan Harris. Well, I feel like people trade Jordan Harris as a throw-in. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, well, this for this. And hey, let's just toss Jordan Harris on top of it. You know, you don't, Jordan Harris isn't a throw-in, in my opinion. Um, he's really just one of those players that I think that coaches also adore because he, again, so smart. He absorbs the information, puts it into uh, into play really, really, uh, really effectively. And that's that's what guys like Martin Saint-Louis love to see. Uh, Simon Deschamps mange. Les sénateurs mangent toute une rince. Oh, yeah, are the senators losing again? Good. No, I don't. I don't want to say good, but uh, well, I guess I can say good. All, the only thing that matters is that Montreal beat them twice today. Or no, Montreal got two wins today, but Ottawa lost in the PWHL game. Um, for those again that didn't weren't here at the top of the show, you're seeing some intense playoff hockey right off the bat with the PWHL, and you're seeing loaded rosters. You're seeing tons of fans. It's a really exciting movement, and uh, I really want everyone, if you can, get on board. Pick your favorite team. Um, support them, you know, share it all on social media because this is really a great chance for, for these fantastic elite athletes. And, and it's not a chance that's held with the sort of Democles above them, right? Like other years. Mark Walters, who essentially runs the league, multi-billionaire, he owns the Dodgers, uh, money's no issue. So it gives him a little runway. And that's just the amazing part because most of these women, their whole lives have had to work two jobs on top of hockey, you know, like they'd work as an accountant and then go play hockey. Now, some of them, not all of them can breathe a little easier and focus on hockey. So it's just a fantastic, fantastic story. And it took so long and I'm, I'm happy for so many people, but especially, um, as I was going to say, especially Ottawa, but especially seeing people like Marie-Philippe Poulain and Jenner in Ottawa back on the ice. It's just, uh, Fantastic to see. So catch a WHL, a PWHL game as soon as you can. All right, Claire mentions it's 5-0 Canucks over Sens. What's going on with this? Like, are they just uh, are they just rotten, the Senators? Oh, Kay mentions that I call them Justin Harris. Yeah, sorry. Again, really tired, still sick. I'm going to make so many mistakes tonight. I do apologize. Um, are the Senators just rotten to the core, though? Like, is there something broken the same way the Leafs are in the playoffs? What's going on with uh, what's going on with uh, you know guys like uh, you have Stutzel, you have like Sanderson throughout the lineup, very high quality. They don't play any defense. I know that's not our job to talk about it right now, but I'm just confused about the Ottawa Senators right now because they should be way ahead of the Habs. Um, Jack Colburn, love the PWHL play so far. Let them hit how the men how the men do it. They can handle it. Well, yeah, I mean they could. I'm sure. If you watch a PWHL game, you'll see there's it's really, really, really intense. There's there's a lot of not not dirty play. Well, yeah, dirty plays. Uh, maybe not to the point with when the Lamoureux twins were playing against Canada, but there's still some rough play. I would say that the most important thing for the PWHR and women's hockey in general is that it's free flowing. It's that it's that uh, level of skill. It's almost reminiscent of when the Russians played Canada, you know, uh, back in the the Summit series. Just a possession game which focuses on quick breakouts and uh, smooth skating. So. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind the idea of putting hitting in women's hockey. I'm just not sure if it would improve the product. And it's not that they can't handle it, as you mentioned. It's just I just don't know if um, if it would actually make for a better game right now. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah. So <laughs> the Sharon says they they play like jerks. I'm gonna I'm gonna censor it. The Senators, uh, Brady Kachuk. Yeah. If if he's a leader, you're gonna play like a jerk. Sure, but they just the Senators have too much talent, man. Too too much talent to be this bad. Um, Thomas mentions cool shirt. Okay, I stole this from my good friend. I just noticed it. 
I was, <laughs> I was taking a shower before the game, and um, he's a DJ, so I ended up stealing his shirt. That's that's my whole story about that one. Frédéric Wallet mentions Game Over Montreal turning into Game Over Ottawa. Yeah, I mean, Game Over Montreal. We're still talking about the Montreal team. Uh, sorry, I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited with the PWHL. Honestly, it's really, really cool to see them uh, finally get their chance, you know? Finally get their chance to, to show what they're worth. Because, again, they're just really, really elite athletes and they deserve credit more than once or, or you know, four, every four years. That's the rough part with them. Every four years, we hear all the guys in the media being like, oh, man, we should support this all the time. And then the games roll around and they're not promoting it anything like that this year we're seeing it's really moving with its own momentum it's got its own great marketing it's got great financial backing i really would have wished they would have logos and team names but we're past that it won't matter in 20 years right so that's the cool part about uh, the pwhl okay so yeah they don't have any dentists on their payroll <laughs> trinka mentions yeah well that's that, that, that's also you know what really smart as well but they do have um Health insurance. So here's the cool part about the PWHL. If you look through their CBA, it's really, really good. Like it's absolutely a, I wouldn't say perfect CBA, but they have all sorts of benefits. They have retirement funds, they have childcare, um, they get moving fees. So it's really, really, really good. Uh, Alex mentions watch New York versus Toronto. Yeah, I didn't see that game. I'll be honest. I was sick as a dog there yesterday. So we should, uh, but if, if again, Share all those highlights online. Let everyone else know. Because everyone that watches it for the first time, they're like, man, this is really good hockey. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, really good hockey. So, uh, Desharon had a great question, Trezak mentions. Okay, I'll go find Desharon's question. Let me see here. Uh, Mark. Uh, okay. Hmm. Mark, how do you feel about the Habs currently in relation to the other rebuilding teams? Ottawa Buffalo. I know they've been doing it longer, but I feel like we're in the same category. Hmm. There's there's two parts to the Canadians rebuild. I feel like they're a team that will run through a wall from Martin Saint Louis and just defy all the odds. But they're also a team tonight that got out chance like five to one. They're also a team that's bottom five or bottom ten in expected goals. They're also a team that really only has one line that's working, right? Um they're a team that may get a lot of points in overtime. They're, they're, they're a team that get a lot of points in the shootout. So I guess I'd say optimistic, but also conscientious that uh, conscious that basically we're very, very far from being a team, in my opinion, that can compete for a Stanley Cup. Um, you run that game nine out of ten times, Dallas wins. It's as simple as that. So I, I feel they're probably behind Buffalo, especially you're talking about elite players like Tage Thompson and, and Rasmus Dahlin. Ottawa, again, so confusing. They should be better, right? Um, but it, hopeful is, I guess, where I'd put it. I put them right behind those guys. But at the same time, Ottawa's been rebuilding for, what, 10 years now? Buffalo's been rebuilding its entire existence. Um, I always joked that Buffalo's a city that, that, that God invented to see how far he could push fandom before fans break. And I feel like Buffalo, man... Just a cursed city when it comes to sports. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be too, too quick to say they're ahead of them. But I will say this. There's some, once you have that top line rolling, everything else kind of falls in place, right? You have, you have a really exciting crop of uh, defensemen. And um, goaltending, Samuel Montabo, we haven't really talked about him since he had that extension. But I think he's been playing extremely well. Uh, tonight, he was the star of the game, even though the Habs, uh, they won 4-3. And they allowed a couple goals. But without Samuel Montabo, 
you know, that game doesn't get that far. So all in all, absolutely entertaining, exciting, hopeful, but aware that things can change in a hurry. Does that, does that, does that work enough? And again, right behind them, right behind those two. Um, let's see what else we have here in the chat. Cause again, thank you so much for, for helping me out with the questions. Cause as I mentioned at the beginning, not, uh, not feeling too great today, caught, uh, caught some COVID over the holidays, but actually feeling much better now. So, so I'm glad to be here with you. Thoughts on Anderson's injury. Yeah. Okay. Thomas, good point. Here's the thing with Anderson's injury. First of all, look bad. As someone that I used to play a lot of, a lot of soccer, I used to do a lot of mountain biking and so, um, and uh, wrestling. Used to. Um, when you can't put any pressure whatsoever, that's a really bad sign. Usually anterior crucial ligament or the MCL. But either way, I'm going to play internet doctor real quick, Doogie Hauser style, and uh, say that Anderson's probably not going to come back for a little stretch. I mean, it's just, you can tell, right? You can tell when the guy's can't put any pressure whatsoever. And he was so slow to get to the tunnel um, to the point that I was thinking they should have wheelchairs there for stuff like this. I don't get why they drag people up, but that's a whole other subject. We saw it when Rafael Hervé Pinal hit the boards this year and he came back, but then injured for what? You know, it's been a couple, has it been a couple months? Either way, when a guy lands like that on the knee and they can put, can't put any pressure, it's a really bad situation. I would say right now, Emil Heinemann comes right back. Um, he clearly deserves it. But there's also another person that deserves it in Laval. And I, I, I don't think... You, okay, I'm going to let the chat guess who, I, who I'm thinking about in Laval. It's not Joshua Roy. Um, it's not Sean Farrell. There's a certain player I'm thinking about in Laval that deserves it more than anyone else. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And those that follow the Rocket will know that he's been very, very good. Actually, I'm going to double check here. Just to, pretty sure he has an NHL contract. <laughs> Hold on one second. Okay, here we go. He does not have an NHL contract. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, the guy I'm thinking of also doesn't have an NHL contract. So that gives you a little bit of a hint there. Um, no, not Wi-Fi. No, uh, Josh mentions Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi has been playing good. Uh, Yulin should get a bigger chance, Trinka. Not Wi-Fi. Um, puts in place in Ottawa. I'll get to that, Frédéric. There you go. Evan got it. And Jack as well. Brandon Gignac. He's been lights out for Laval this year. He's kind of filled in that, that veteran role, especially when you have guys like... Um, what was a really good score last year? That was just there for Anthony Richard, uh, Alex Belzil. They all left. Um, so he's kind of filling in that veteran role. And Gignac has been... Absolutely great. I really, really like what I see from him. Claire, Claire and Jean mentioned Simono. He'll get there eventually, maybe. I'm not as sold on him as having the NHL aspirations as other, but I'd like to see him get a chance. I'd like to see him get a chance. Uh, Dashir mentioned Mishak. Mishak's doing better. I'll give him that. And he's actually gained Jean-François' trust a little bit. So that is that is great news. Josh mentions he wants Wi-Fi back so bad. Yeah. Um, here's what blows my mind when they sent him back they said he needs to work on his defensive game arbor jackai has the best defensive numbers of anyone on the blue line like by far uh so and it's 
it's really a matter of shutting people down on the rush um, and limiting high danger chances. No one's done it better than Arbor Jackai this year. Like, like statistically speaking, full nerd mode, he's been their best defenseman. Now, usage comes into play, right? He's a he's a four or a, a third pairing defenseman, but he's done better than anyone else that was on that third pairing. Uh, I really, really would like to see him and Struble in the lineup. Again, you have space for both. They're two different players, right? Struble's actually, his impact is offensive. Gets the puck out quickly, starts the rush. Whereas Jackai shuts down the play, shuts down the rush, and uh, limits the chances. So I, I know that they both play on the same side, but I'd like to see uh, Arbor Jackai um, you know, play uh, back in the NHL as soon as possible. And, and we're seeing guys in the AHL kind of challenge him to fights endlessly. Which is, like, he doesn't have to prove his, you know, this is like uh, Joe Frazier there going down to the minors. You don't have to box anyone. But um, eventually he's going to get on his nerves. He just got into a fight the other day, his first in the AHL. He, he wasn't really into it. He, he belongs in the NHL, in my opinion. He honestly belongs in the NHL. How does kidney look, asks Kay. Um, since there's been a bunch of injuries, he came back. Uh, sorry, he got his opportunity. Jeez, again. My apologies, very tired tonight. He got his opportunity when four or five guys got injured and he looked very, very good. Now, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live check to see what Kidney, how he's doing recently in terms of points. But I like that when he started, he was really avoiding the front of the net. When he finally got back into the lineup, he was going directly toward the net. So, um, hey, look at that. He's, what is he? I just looked at, oh no, I'm still looking at Brandon Gignac's numbers. I was going to say, he's been really good. No, where's Kidney? Give me one second here. <laughs> this is the kind of high-end preparation everyone loves. Okay, yeah, so he's cooled down since his uh, his uptick. But when he got his opportunity, which again, it's all about minutes, he did look very good. So Kidney's still that B-plus B prospect. Um, he'll need time. Give him two years, three years in the AHL. No, that's going to be his best bet. Um, also... Something we didn't need to mention tonight, and Kay, I actually blame you that I haven't mentioned yet, was Caden Gooley looked very, very good. Um, but I'm going to actually take the attention right away, away from him. Michael Pizzetta also looked very good, and he was probably the main reason that Gooley scored. So I love what I'm seeing from Michael Pizzetta, uh, especially tonight. You know, you need that guy to, to bring that energy, and he was throwing, he was flying out there. So every five or ten games, you're going to get a game where Michael Pizzetta just looks really dominant, and that was tonight. Uh, Ian Boiva, hey Ian, how's it going, buddy? Uh, just another let Roy Cook and Laval test for the Habs front office. Yeah, well, that's that's the, the other part that I've been impressed with the Habs because you know I've been critical about um, Uri Slavkovsky. It's working out now. It took a long time, but just the, the lack of adjustments or the lack of patience, you know, throw him into the NHL right away. Joshua Roy, they 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 are lock stock, not not bringing him up. Which usually it's funny because I'd be the person complaining, right? I'd be the guy saying like, man, he he's doing really good. We want him to keep doing good. Dominate. We want to get him dominating the AHL, and then you bring him up. There's no there's no point bringing him up early. Um, I don't think it would help his development either. If there is a spot in the top six, though, maybe. But for now, Joshua Huat just playing well, and that's what you want. Uh, that's what you want to see from your top prospect, right? Jean Small mentions there's eight hits from Pez Dispenser. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I don't want to massacre his name, but he went after um, Big Boy on the Dallas Stars. 
that's Michael Pizzetta is afraid of nothing. Like he's the kind of guy that you know, if you're in Marvel Universe, he would he would fit, he would run right up to the Hulk. He'd get smashed just like Loki, but Pizzetta would have no issue, and then he'd get back up and do it again, right? So yeah, I, I'm a fan of him not just because he's really really intense on the ice, but he's also a really nice guy. If ever you get a chance to interact with uh, Michael Pizzetta, he's top notch dude. And also this is important, he doesn't put pineapple on his pizza. I mean, that's that's all I have to say, right? Because I, I, I really don't trust people that put pineapple on their pizza. I just, it's a thing. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Dasherin mentions, and again, thank you to everyone in the chat. If you can go ahead and uh, like the chat and subscribe. Dasherin mentions, it's been generally accepted that this year was the year for Suzuki to show he has more to give this team a top line. He has top line star potential. How do we feel now that we're halfway through? Well, hey, Dash, I will say about five or six games ago, I was looking, I was thinking, man, if if Anderson capitalized on all the chances, if Slavkovsky capitalized on all the chances, Suzuki, or sorry, uh, Caulfield, all the players that played on the top line, Suzuki would have a lot more points. Let's be perfectly honest. Now, it's kind of, to me, he's kind of emerging as a Saku Koivu, and some people may roll their eyes at that, but Saku Koivu, before his knee injury, was a really, really great center. I will say that Slavkov, um, that uh, Suzuki probably better in transition and a little bit, or, bit better defensively. But in my opinion, he's a top line center. He, he's, he's every single night he's facing the other team's top opponents and he's doing quite well. His numbers had cratered the last couple of years, but now they're back over. I mean, he's controlling over 60% of the expected goals this year, I believe. You know, so that's you can't go wrong when your captain is leading the way, in my opinion. Okay, so. Um, Josh mentions Hawaiian pizza was invented in Canada. How dare you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, they also did the MK Ultra testing in Canada too, and I don't endorse what the CIA does. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, that was a stretch. That was a stretch, but uh, it, it's it's the weird part with pineapples. I love sweet and sour. Don't get me wrong, um, they're sweet and salty. It's just that the pineapple acidity, I swear to God, is the most powerful thing in the world. Like if you're if you want to replace a tile in your bathroom, just put a little pineapple juice on there, and it, it, as soon as it touches anything, it it just pollutes it. It's kind of like I also hate tomatoes though. I love pineapples, just not on pizza. But tomatoes, same thing. It touches anything, ruined, absolutely ruined. Thomas also mentions uh, so would Slav Caulfield's lack of usual finish has reduced the top line's points. Yeah, I I guess to a certain extent, but you I mean. What are, you, what are you gonna who are you gonna replace him with right this is the other part that we may be ignored with Caulfield we talked about his growth he had a really significant injury this summer and I think we're seeing the recovery probably to get back to peak shape and that's the difference between an elite goal scorer and a goal scorer is that little little bit of extra juice there and we're seeing Caulfield finally get back on it I thought the other night I mean he, he scored uh, when Suzuki pressured, uh, was it Stamkos? But he could have had more goals there. He could have had Vasilevsky made a great save. So he'll get there. Caulfield will get there. I'm not too worried. His shooting rate is great. Right now, he's just that timing. That timing's not quite there. Oh, no. Andrew pipes in. Pineapple's good on pizza. Oh, my God. Jeez. Am I getting am I, am I getting out pineappled on, on my own stream? That's terrible. I, uh... Okay, no, there has to be some people like me that hate, and I love almost no, no. I, I sorry, I hate almost no food whatsoever, as you can see. Um, but pineapple and pizza, man, I'll take pineapple, mmm, pizza, mmm, together, terrible. It's like I like horses, I like radish together. Horseradish, not so good. It's science. Oh, hey, Andrew is new. Thanks for joining the chat, buddy. How's it going? 
Suzuki, Evan mentions, Evan's been on a lot of chats this year, uh, is becoming what we wanted Dano to be. He's not quite there defensively, I don't think, and that's fine, but we're seeing another cerebral player, right? Like, that was Dano's greatest asset that he could anticipate. His vision was fantastic, and and in that line, though, the biggest difference to me is that when Dano, Tatar, and Gallagher were dominating, um, it was Tatar making all the, doing all the work in the neutral zone. I think we're seeing uh, the center do all the work, which is actually, you know, freeing up his uh, his wingers a little bit. So when you're doing the work in the, the neutral zone, your F1, which is usually Sofkowski, ha- has the liberty to really drive drive deep on the forecheck and get really, really, really active. And we're seeing, I mean, Sofkowski, again, what, he only had, uh, did he only have one point tonight? Either way, he should have had three. His, his, he created the turnover um, that essentially led to the Harris goal. He also kept the play alive for the Caulfield goal. So we're going to see you know, just just a guy that's starting to really find his groove and the points will start coming. It's really exciting. It's really, really exciting for the Canadians. And it's not it's not just bullshit. Like, they're not just scoring due to skill. They controlled almost 60% of the expected goals together, 60% of the shots. That's fantastic because the Habs don't control that many shots. They don't control that many high-danger chances. So we're seeing them really defy the odds right now, and I think that's just the most exciting thing. Uh, Frederick mentions uh, game over Montreal turning into game over foodie. Yeah, absolutely, no problem. That's the only other thing I, I love in my life is food. Up to three times a day, sometimes more. Yeah. Although you know what's crazy? Has anyone tried the Doritos spicy? Because there used to be another Doritos spicy which I loved. They weren't spicy, and I, I love spicy food. Okay, I, 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 you know, after Andrew did the hot ones with uh, Adam, I went over to his place and I took the heart, the toughest ball. Well, toughest the number 10 and i was like dousing my tacos with it like i love spicy food but these doritos i don't know what kind of science gone wrong spice they're putting on them they blew my mind they were actually really really hot and usually especially in in canada you know they'll say like oh it's a super hot chicken burger and you taste it and you're like what is that tomato but those those chips those doritos are like the most mouth-burning food you will ever get so i just wanted to uh to throw that out there, shout out to the to the Doritos people because I hadn't had Doritos in a long time. I had them yesterday because I just wasn't feeling good, and um, they absolutely ripped my mouth apart. Okay, so oh, and people are getting to fights for the pizza now in the chat. Um, oh, Jean Small, mangoes and Clementine suck. I just literally just ate a, a Clementine before coming on the air. I um I challenge you to a duel, good sir. Mangoes are amazing, and there's so many people that don't know. But get the get the uh, Atolfo, I believe is the name, the yellow ones. Everyone gets the Tommy Atkins, the red and and green ones. Terrible. Those are decoy mangoes. Those are just the mangoes they they they, they send up here because we don't know any better, okay? But the proper mangoes, Atolfo, are the ones that you want to get, and they're so amazing. They are just mwah, delicious. And if I ever hear you slander Clementines again, uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna ban them right now. Let me see here. Can I ban Jean? Oh, I can't ban Jean. But next time, I will I will absolutely say, uh, you are gone. You're gone, buddy. Dashrin mentions, I've been saying that all year. I think he came back and his shoulder wasn't 100% back. Yeah, that, that that really did seem to be the case with Cole Caulfield. Just the timing, man. It's the mechanics. Like, the, you're off by a quarter second, you know, and, and it changes everything. We saw Tim Turk at the beginning of the year. He came on with us and he was saying, you know, just a, the half second delay on your mechanics and the goalie has that save. So I think we're really seeing him get his timing back. That's what's the most exciting part about Cole Caulfield. 
Yeah, Josh is asking for a spin-off show about uh, food. Well, we also got asked about a PWHL stream, which I'd love to do. I mean, I'd also love to give the opportunity for people that maybe haven't had the chance to jump on these streams and host them as well, but I'd love to participate in those. So we're, we'll see We'll see where we're going. Yeah, and Minisa mentions this, a fresh mango while chilling on the beach, a dream. Yeah, man, that's that's absolutely the best. I can't believe there's people that hate mango, though. You just haven't mangoed right. You got to mango right. Once you mango right, you'll never mango wrong again. <laughs> okay, I'm getting a little tired, and I think we're just about to... Uh, oh, okay, there you go. South Asian woman, you have to defend mangoes with your life. I agree. And, and I was reading last year, it was, was it, I think it was India, they were saying there's too many mangoes. They couldn't get them out at time, and I almost planned a trip to go grab some. Uh, my dream is being surrounded by mango trees. Like, like there's absolutely nothing that would be better than that. Maybe like a... A bourbon tree like a bourbon and mango tree together absolutely fantastic okay k asks and we're gonna get back to hockey and then i think we're gonna wrap it up if you have any questions don't hesitate throw them in the chat and make sure to like the chat and subscribe i'm um, sorry to ask again i'm super curious i wasn't around during the koivu era so i'm not sure what you mean about him and suzuki that absolutely fair the reason i liken him to koivu both smart players okay both were able to anticipate well. Both were able to drive the play well. Both were defensively responsible. But neither, in my opinion, have that elite level of talent to really get to like the 100-point mark. That's fine. If you have a guy that's dominating and controlling most of the play as your top-line center, and I know anyone that goes back to those days will say Koivu wasn't a top-line center. He was until he got injured. Obviously, that got worse. But even after that, he was top 30 for scoring. So he was. He finished... 10th overall in Montreal Canadiens history for scoring. So he was really good. But I think what I mean by that is you have a guy that no matter what, every single game will be doing the right play. So you know when things go haywire? Kind of like tonight. Honestly, Dallas had the better game, much better game. But Suzuki was there to drive the play and keep them, uh, you know, really focused on, on the task at hand. Obviously, being a captain as well, that is another reason I compare them. But I just, I feel like it's their cerebral approach to the game that... Uh, you know, that, that really makes them very, very similar. And I really think it's a compliment, though, because I know every time I mention Koivu, people kind of pull back a bit. But Koivu was a really good player. He was a really, really good player. And also, the other part is that Koivu was surrounded by mediocrity. Okay? I remember, was it Petrov? But one year he was coming into camp, and I believe he was lined up with Oleg Petrov, who, I mean, pretty good, but still. And Brian Savage. Or was it? Was it? Bury? Was it the worst Bury? Either way, it might have been Valerie Bury, but Koivu was saying, man, this is the best line I've had, you know, in my career going into camp, which is a little bit, uh, it, it tells the story of how, you know, when you really talk about the worst Habs teams of all time there, you're going to have to go back around that era. The early 2000s was just bad. Oh, Jan Bulis, that's another one, Jean. Yeah. Well, first of all, Jan Bulis scored four goals, but he was another one that, uh, you know, he was, he was expected to do a lot more, and he never quite got to that point. But he did score four goals against Philly. So, uh, yeah, as Trinka mentions, they had nothing when they had Koivu. It, it was really, really bad. And I remember at one point I put something on Twitter. I was like, man, imagine if Koivu had anything other than terrible teammates and Mike Johnson quickly replied. And he's like, thanks, buddy. But I'm going to say it. Johnson could have done better. Johnson could have done better. And and sorry, I'm, I don't want to... Uh, I, Trizak, I don't want to smirch Oleg Petrov too much, but uh, I don't know if he was your long-term first-line center. All right. Hey, Brian Bellows is a legend. Absolutely. And if you, <laughs> you ever want to see the worst chirping ever, the most aggressive, Google Brian Bellows getting chirped from the bench. Just absolutely terrible. He's just getting ripped wrong. 
ripped apart. And Koivun Price had similar issues with teammates. Yeah, well, that's a really good point there by Salt Dunn. Um, they weren't surrounded by much talent. But this time around, the good part about Nick Suzuki is that there's more talent coming through. Instead of Chad Kilger, or, I mean, I can go through the, the first-round picks there, the, the Schwinals of the, of the world, you have legitimate talent coming up. And I think you can really insulate Koivu well, or <laughs> Suzuki well, and uh, focus on his positives so that he doesn't have to lead the charge constantly. All right, I think we're, what are we at here? You've all been standing me for more than 40 minutes. I do appreciate it. If there's anything, if you have any other questions, feels, oh, Frédéric, you asked, this is a really good, good question. Um, what is your favorite Putsin place in Ottawa, I believe, you asked over there? Or was it Get Snow? Either way, I'm going to say the same thing. It is Fritomania on St. Joseph in Orleans. And it's this amazing man who came from Vietnam when he was very, very young. Uh, absolutely just did a great job with the local dish. You know, it's, it's a dish that comes from, from my, my French-Canadian ethnicity. And absolutely, I'm so happy that he nailed it. He has the thickest gravy. It's so thick. It's like, do you ever take a blizzard and you flip it upside down? Remember how they used to test it? That's, that's that poutine. Um, peanut oil-based. So, you know, watch for the allergies. But it's really, really good. The fries are fresh cut there. And he keeps his curds, which are Saint-Albert, the best one. Sorry, Quebec. But Saint-Albert, Ontario has the best curds. Um, slightly chilled. Not, not cold. But that way... When they're in your poutine and you're halfway through, it doesn't become this mess of a soup. You still have curds. So, God, I didn't get one this summer. I really, man. Now I want a frito mania. If anyone could get me a frito mania, I would absolutely love it. Seriously, they're so good. It's this little shack on St. Joseph. I promise you, you will never have a better poutine in your life. It's, a, it's a, one of the reasons that Ottawa has a strong poutine game is all the chip trucks. We don't have those in Montreal. But uh, I'm telling you, chip trucks are where it's at for great best Putsina. All right. Thank you all. Oh, yes. As they all mentioned. Yeah, the, I'm going to... I always do that, eh? Five times I say, I'm going to wrap it all up and then I keep going. Um, please like the stream. Make sure to come back on Thursday. We're going to be facing the Sabres. I'll be feeling a little bit better there. Uh, I do apologize again. I made 50 mistakes tonight, but I'll get some sleep tonight and I'll feel a little bit better. Once again, thank you all to our amazing, amazing community of fans. Again, I didn't book anyone because I knew I could rely on the fans tonight to, to, to be the co-host. So for everyone that's listening on the podcast, we appreciate you as well. But I really, really, hey, Brady's here. And we really, really do appreciate everyone that uh, joined in on the fun today. All right. That is it. That is all. Thank you, Kay. Thank you, Dash. Thank you, Trinka. Thank you, Claire. Thank you, Salt. And there's a bunch of new people. Jean, Jean was in the chat as per usual. Um, Frédéric was in the chat as per usual. We really had a, and Andrew joined us, Melissa was here, so we had a really fun chat tonight, and I do appreciate all of you, much love, we'll see you on Thursday when we face, or when the Habs face the uh, Montreal Canadiens, and I promise I'll get a little bit of sleep between then and, th oh, uh, I'm going to stop one last time, I was almost done, do we get an Owen Beck game over appearance? I'm going to give him a little space, I'm going to give Owen Beck a little space, and we're going to see how he goes, if, if the, pay, the play picks up in the OHL, maybe, for now I don't want to bug him. Fair enough. Canada went through a rough loss, so I don't really, really don't want to put any more on his plate. All right, that's it. That's all. It's time for me to mango, and uh, I'll see you on Thursday. And as per usual, we'll finish it the same way as we always do. Bye, Claire.